0: Hello everybody and welcome to the My Minds podcast where we demystify mental health and make sharing mainstream within the fitness and exercise community. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, Um, so this is the first of a kind of series that hopefully we're going to be doing at My Minds where we're going to be interviewing professionals um, about kind of mental health in their particular fields and just kind of know opening up a discussion and yeah so first off we've got my friend this is louise um louise can you start please by telling us a bit about your background and um yeah kind of what inspired you to do what you're currently doing
1: cool yes thanks george um and thank you for having me on uh my mind it's a pleasure um to be talking for you guys um so yeah as george said i'm louise um, I'm a registered associate nutritionist um, with the Association for Nutrition. Um, I did my undergrad in nutrition at the University of Surrey. Um, so I graduated last year and I've just been doing my MSc at Loughborough in sport and exercise nutrition. So currently just finishing that off. Um, and I'm currently based in South Wales at the moment whilst I finish that off um, all online. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about me. I'm a powerlifter as well. So really into strength sports.
0: She's strong. She's very strong. Me, I know I know Louise from, um, I, I'm doing the same, I don't know if people know this about me, but I'm doing the same master's degree as, as Louise doing the nutrition degree. So that's how we know each other. Um, and then you're setting up your new business, which I'll let you kind of talk about. You have actually set it up now, haven't you?
1: Yes. So I actually launched it last week. Um, so my business is called Nutritious. Um, so I've actually had that name as a handle on my social medias for about three years now. Um, and I think I've always had the intention of setting up my own nutrition business um, ever since I started my my undergrad back in like 2015. Um, so yeah, it's always been the plan to kind of work freelance as a nutritionist. Um, and it's been in the works for a long time to be fair, probably about a year. Um, but yeah, now seemed like the perfect time. I think especially with lockdown and everything, it just gave me a bit more time to work on things and, and put a bit more time and energy into it. So yeah, I launched that last week um, and it's basically just me working as a freelance nutritionist and um, providing nutrition support um, for general health, for sports performance. Obviously, that's what I, I've done my master's in and, and you as well. So um, for sports performance and also just helping people improve their relationship with food, which I know is going to be sort of the main topic of yeah. today.
0: yeah yeah well um i obviously i I know you and we've had a few conversations about like mental health and about um particularly how nutrition and how nutritionists can affect mental health um and i know you feel quite strongly about that as the same do i um so i just kind of want to get your opinion how do you think um someone doing your occupation doing your what you're doing in your business um, you know, giving people advice being a nutritionist how can that affect someone's mental health and even more specifically how dangerous can it be if the nutritionist doesn't do it correctly so
1: I mean this is a huge topic but I think I guess to start off with I think nutrition professionals in general whether you're a nutritionist sports nutritionist dietitian whatever it is I think we have a massive Kind of obligation to our clients our customers athletes whoever you work with to kind of protect their mental health and protect their relationship with food and i know people talk a lot about relationship with food and it can sometimes be a little bit wishy-washy but i think you know the way we go about providing nutrition advice to our to our clients you know should shouldn't compromise their relationship with food Um, and i see a lot of people that that do things not necessarily nutrition professionals but i know a lot of kind of personal trainers and and just kind of self proclaimed nutrition gurus that that give out advice or just kind of give out macros and things that can you know actually instill behaviors that are more obsessive around food and make people more food focused make people more anxious about food so i think the way in which we provide nutrition advice is really important i think the way that we talk about um nutrition and food is really important as well so you know, the language that we use around food can really impact how somebody feels about the way that they eat, um, or their size, or, you know, how they eat, when they eat, how much. Um, So I think it's really important that we, that we don't compromise their relationship with food, and in a lot of cases, help people to explore their relationship with food and improve it. Um, I think a lot of the time, if people are, you know, coming to you for nutrition advice, I'm not saying that everybody that comes to you has got, you know, a funky relationship with food, but a lot of people, you know, if they're seeking help with their nutrition, it's probably because they've tried to diet multiple times before and it's been unsuccessful, um, or they've got, you know, a goal of kind of weight loss or, you know, anything to do with body composition. Um, and in that instance, I think it's really important to to ask people kind of why they want to lose weight or why they want a body composition change. You know, I think, you know, it's perfectly fine if people have got that goal, like we should all have autonomy over over our own bodies you know to say that i want to lose weight or i want to gain muscle or i want to lose body fat whatever it is but i think as a nutritionist or you know whatever the nutrition professional we shouldn't just be kind of giving out macros and being like here you go here's your macros off you go um you know it's really important to educate people and also just understand their why you know are they doing it because they feel really rubbish about themselves are they doing it because they you know they genuinely want to improve their health are they doing it because they want to improve their performance i think it you know it's really important that we understand their why before we get into anything because we don't want to encourage them to be doing it for the wrong reasons i think a lot of people have kind of weight loss goals and they think that when they get to their goal weight that they're suddenly going to be so much happier they're going to be more worthy Um, but you know we we know and you know you said it before that know your worth isn't based on how many calories you eat what your body looks like or anything like that and if you think that losing weight is gonna you know improve your mindset of of yourself and your body then that's just not the case Mm. so you know i think it's really important to help people understand their why and just make them realize that it doesn't matter what your weight is like you're worthy no matter what your your size and that you know we need to understand that our bodies are always changing you know throughout our life cycle they're always changing they'll change depend on the season you know as we get older depending on what type of training and stuff we do so i think you know it's really important that people understand that and just respect themselves as they are rather than constantly trying to change it um and i think it you know it is the role of a nutritionist to help people understand that and not just you know take it as it is and say yeah okay you know that's fine we'll just help you lose weight
0: um i i think um the restrict there's there's some research I I should have had this prepared but there's some research by I think I think it, I think it was Grantetal um like in 2019 that showed um restrictive dieting actually links um closer to like having um like emotional issues with eating um actually, so and the, yeah the more restrictive and you're saying you know people people with counting macronutrients and things like that uh, and I know that I know there's a lot of research that links um specifically if you're if you're using tracking devices for weight loss goal you know kind of like you're saying you know if if they're defining themselves by their the way they look or the way they eat you know and then tracking that and and using that tracking method as a way to to justify to themselves that they're doing things correctly and that they're worthy that's where yeah. the issue comes in
1: and i think you know it all links into that i'm sure people have come across it that cycle of dieting you know you want to diet, so you start restricting, you become too restrictive, you have cravings, you then overeat, then you feel guilty and shame, you have weight regain, and then it starts again. And, you know, I think it's important for us as nutritionists to, to give advice in a way that isn't restrictive, and doesn't feed into that cycle. Because, I, you know, I've been there myself in that cycle, and it's horrible. Um, and it just isn't conducive to kind of, sustainable change in your diet or you know having compassion for yourself um so you know i think yeah it's really really important that and the thing is i'm not completely against macro tracking i've done it myself in the past and it can be a useful tool um but i think we just need to meet people where they're at like if somebody's already counting calories, then in some ways it can help to improve their relationship with food to say, look, you're restricting your calories a lot, but let me show you that if you start eating a little bit more, eating more carbohydrates or whatever it is, that actually you, you know, you're not gonna get super fat, you can still reach your goals. Um, and you know, it can be an educational tool, but I think for the most part, from what you know I've seen kind of professionally and personally, that you know, if you track calories and track everything you eat for an extended period of time then it just leads to a bad relationship with food and it makes people more obsessive around food more stressed more anxious feel more guilt and also it it makes makes it difficult for you to get away from it as well once you start tracking you forget how to eat and you forget to how to kind of listen to your body and when you're actually hungry and when you're actually full because you're you've got this external cue that is telling you how much you should eat you know and when um and in a lot of cases it takes away from the kind of nutrition side of it because you're just eating things that fit into your calorie goals whatever that is um and like i said i've been there, i've done that in the past and it's not you know not a great place place to be in um so yeah i think
0: yeah i i agree um i i think restrictive and kind of macro counting and and food food tracking Um for me personally it just doesn't work um mm-hmm. and and just from personal experience with the most people that i speak to who do track maybe, maybe you know maybe my sample of people i talk to people who have like mental health issues in general um just mm-hmm. because of what i do but i still i feel like it's much more commonplace that i hear someone say oh i was tracking food and it made me Feel worse, or you know, I, it's, I, yeah, I, it's rare that I come across people who yeah. um, who say that it tracked and it helped. Um, mm-hmm. Although that you know there is research that shows that it does help. You know, it helps with in, improves diet, and in, also tracking exercise can improve that the amount of physical activity you do. Um, yeah. So you're talking about um, how these external cues can change the ways that we um, the the way like we almost forget how to take our body's cues and stuff is there a way that you know of i'm kind of leading into here because i do know that you know uh, is there a way that you know of that people can improve that and how it helps and how it does help people
1: yeah so i guess we're going to talk about intuitive eating right so i think intuitive eating is you know in itself is an actual kind of framework so i think a lot of people throw around kind of eating intuitively and intuitive eating but there is an actual framework that was was made and created by two dietitians back in kind of 1995 which was actually the year i was born so a long time ago and i think it's only recently been picked up in the last kind of few years i think kind of tracking macros and if fits your macros and all that kind of stuff is sort of kind of start to go on the wayside in terms of being a trend because that was a massive trend for a while and i know a lot of people still do it um but i think intuitive eating is becoming a lot more recognized um and there's a lot of nutritionists and dietitians that have kind of brought it to the forefront so laura thomas she's you know she's written another book about it and um and what it basically is it's a set of principles so it's not rules um and that's the big difference i think if you're constantly on a diet and things you have lots of rules that you know restrict the way that you eat so it could be you know restricting how much you eat restricting the types of foods that you eat restricting specific foods um you know just not being in tune with your your hunger and your fullness um and intuitive eating really is a set of 10 principles um set around helping you you know become more in tune with your body which i know sounds you know quite fuddy-duddy and a lot of people are like oh you know whatever but (laughs) you know at the end of the day if you're in tune with you know when you're actually hungry and when you're actually full um and you know you're not always eating for emotional reasons you're not using it as a coping mechanism um then you know that is the the best way to be ultimately so you know if you start working with a client then you want them eventually to get to the place where they're intuitive eating you don't want to be tracking all your food you know until you're you know 85 because it's just not realistic in in
0: in regards to the kind of fuddy-duddy thing i i hear it it, because obviously we're in kind of the science world with nutrition and stuff and i hear a lot about um you know people are so against the idea of these fuddy-duddy things because it's all science-based but if it helps Why does it matter? Like, if if you know, even if you do think it's fuddy-duddy you know, if if it does help you improve your relationship with food, then why ignore it?
1: I was just going to say, like, intuitive eating is all about taking the guilt and the shame away from how you eat, and you know, I think a lot of us have have been in that place or are in that place where, you know, you feel guilty for eating a chocolate biscuit and things like that, and it's just ridiculous. Like, unless you stole that piece of food, you should not feel guilty (laughs) about. Um, So, you know, I think. that is the ultimate kind of under underpinning of intuitive eating is just taking away all the guilt and the shame and allowing you to have kind of freedom around food and not be so food focused not be obsessive um you know and it really helped me personally and i've you know been using it with with clients i've used it over the years um you know some of the activities and techniques to help people you know with intuitive eating and it makes such a difference because when you stop spending all your energy worrying about your food what you're going to eat next all those different things then you have so much more energy to just spend on other things in your life that are more important because you know we all eat you know we all have to eat every day um and it's so easy for that to you know for you to control what you eat as a you know as a coping mechanism or you know as a distraction and you know We need to stop spending so much energy on that, and I think that's the role again of a nutritionist is to help people become less food focused. You know, let me worry about what you know you kind of should be eating or the things that you can do to improve your diet, um, and help you with that rather than you constantly worrying about it. Um, so yeah, sorry,
0: that's a uh, a side of of a nutritionist that I, I don't think a lot of people. Realizes there, like that, we're not just there to make you look muscular or or like lose Absolutely. body fat or anything. You know, we're there to help with these kind of things as well. You know, yeah. it, we can take that pressure off for a bit and help you kind of become in tune with the way you're eating. And you know, yeah. you don't, you no longer have to like. From my personal experience with my disordered eating and stuff, when when I would track my weight, you know, in the morning or well, the night before, I would plan what I'm going to eat the next day. Then in the morning i would double check that it's right and then after each meal i'd constantly even though i've got it all planned out and everything's right every single time i'd eat even with it planned out i would have to double check because i was so worried um, and i might be off and, and if i was off by like 10 calories i would be so upset um yeah. you know that, that's the point where you know it gets to the extreme but you know there mm-hmm. are people out there who have those issues and i i you know i didn't follow the this exact intuitive eating protocol but you know mm-hmm. I, that's kind of what i've led towards is is to yeah. eating um, yeah. and i definitely want to learn more about this and hopefully do the same course that you did
1: yeah and it's it's funny right because i think a lot of people at the moment especially because of social media and things they think that nutrition is just counting calories and counting macros um and it's not like i you know i i did four years of my undergrad i've done a year of a master's and you never get taught to give people macros right so you yeah. you get taught that you know, how to calculate what somebody's calories might be and the amount of protein that they might need depending on their sport or their activity levels or whatever. But you then you're not then told to tell the athlete or whatever. (laughs) We
0: never we don't we never had a lecture on my fitness (laughs) pal.
1: No, like it's literally meant to be our job to calculate it and then help translate that into food. Like that is the point in a nutritionist. And and like I said, you know, there there is a place for you know people tracking their food and, you know, having a little bit of awareness, but not for everybody. And like you said, for the most part, it ends up in people being more stressed about food than they were in the first place so there's there's that and also you know you know as we've already kind of mentioned and alluded to there's such a massive link between psychology and nutrition so you know it's important for a nutritionist to know their scope of practice you know i can't you know as a nutritionist we can't diagnose people or work with people with eating disorders Mm -hmm. so when i talk about you know having a bad or a poor relationship with food i'm not talking necessarily about people with eating disorders because that's you know out of my remit um you know i'm talking about people who you know have a bit you know some issues with food you know they they can't eat without tracking everything they feel stressed about food they're you know being restrictive they're restricting how how much or or what they eat so that's kind of what i'm talking about i'm yeah. um, just a bit of a disclaimer there but in terms of that like i said with the psychology you have to know what your limits are um and i'm not a psychologist so I, you know i'm not going to be going deep into somebody's life history and their trauma to kind of work out where you know their food issues have come from i think a lot of kind of surface level f- food issues, and I'm talking about people that don't necessarily have full-on eating disorders, a lot of it comes from the media um, and our perceptions of what we should look like and how we should eat and compar- like comparing ourselves to kind of Fitspo's online and all that kind of stuff. So I think a lot of it does come from that. Um, but it's funny as well because, I, I, you know, I'm not sure what your kind of experience is, but we don't get taught a lot about psychology And the kind of psychology of eating in uni so even though i did my undergrad and i've now done my masters we haven't had much input in terms of psychology we had a little bit in our undergrad about but it was more about behavior change um which you know is another important aspect but we didn't have much about you know people's relationship with food you know we we had some stuff on clinical eating disorders but nothing about just helping people generally with you know how to give them advice without you know making them feel weird about food so a lot of you know what I've learned and I know a lot of what other nutritionists have learned um you know is stuff that they've learned themselves from either from practice um and their own experiences with their own clients or you know it's like I said people like Laura Thomas and you know just reading books doing your own research a lot of you know what I've learned is is from doing my own my own research Mm -hmm. so so it's, it's difficult and you know this you know it's it's difficult enough when you have people that aren't qualified in nutrition trying to give out advice and often it ends up like i said just being kind of calorie tracking and things like that um but you know a lot of the time people in our own profession haven't had you know haven't been given the the knowledge to go out and, and help people with their you know relationship with food yeah
0: i was shocked um by our, our master's degree that we, we never, we didn't have one lecture on disordered eating or anything. Yeah. Um, and it's
1: funny, right? Because we know that athletes, especially at a high level, are more at risk of having issues with eating because of the pressures of, you know, maybe feeling that they need to be a certain size to perform well. Or, you know, if you've got an aesthetic sport like gymnastics or dancing, then, they, you know, there's more of a pressure there to to look a certain way. Um, so it's funny that we wouldn't get anything on that yeah. um, at all. And, you know, not even I'm not even talking high level athletes. I think any athlete at any level is going to be more at risk of having eating issues, not necessarily eating disorder, but eating issues because it's just another factor of performance and people love data as well. So when you start bringing numbers in whatever sense that is in terms of measuring your body fat, or, you know, if it is tracking your food or whatever, then you, you know, you're more likely to become obsessed with that. Mm. So it's funny that, you know, we wouldn't get, get taught anything, but, you know, like I said, I think it's really important as a nutrition professional that you go out and you do your own research. I'm not saying that, you know, every nutritionist needs to go out and fix everybody's problems with food. Um, And I'm not saying that everybody that comes to me, I'm like, right, firstly, we need to fix your relationship with food because some people are fine. Um, But I think, you know, it's like I said, whatever you do in terms of giving nutrition advice, I just think you need to make sure that you don't compromise their relationship with food. Um, And if you notice any issues, then you work on it with them. Or, you know, in serious cases, if somebody does have an eating disorder, it's really important that we as nutrition professionals can recognize that and refer them on to a dietitian or in the first instance their gp um you know there's lots of eating disorder charities and stuff like that as well so so it's important that we have that knowledge even if you don't necessarily feel comfortable enough to work with somebody on their relationship with food it's important that you recognize if they are having issues so that you can refer them to somebody that does Um, because i think it's just our duty as, as you know nutrition professionals to be able to do that because You know, we can have such a a big impact on somebody's mental health, both good and bad. You know, if you if you the way you talk about food and the way you advise on nutrition is, you know, problematic, then you can really send somebody down a hole. Whereas on the opposite side, if you, you know, have compassion for, for your clients and and talk about food in a certain way, then you can make them realize that, nutrition isn't the be all and end all and i'm saying that as a nutritionist but it's important that you know you help people but you you make them realize that you know it's fine like you had a mars bar like you're okay you're not you know you're not gonna die i'm not gonna shout at you like that's you know that's just not my style i'm you know i i think in like you've already said you know research has shown that if you have a strict you know if you're restricting quite strictly then it's it's
0: you know likely to cause cause problems so in in regards to the i know you said there was 10 kind of steps um but yeah. it, maybe in regards to them or maybe just from personal experience do you have for anyone listening who is kind of concerned with eating do you have any tips for people on how they can you know maybe start to move towards a better and healthier understanding of nutrition and food
1: yeah so i mean it's quite a, a long and in-depth process with all the kind of 10 principles but um i guess in the first instance get help from somebody who knows what they're doing and can help you with that relationship with food. Cause it is really difficult to do it on your own. I think, you know, you and I have, have probably done that, but because we're in the kind of nutrition sphere, we've known where to look. We've, yeah. you know, we understand the science. So we understand why a lot of what you see online you know, isn't correct.
0: Um, yeah. And and just a disclaimer there as well. When you're saying someone who knows what they're doing, not someone who claims they know what they're doing as yeah. on Instagram or you know, because sure. we, especially in the nutrition industry, a, we can say there's a lot of that, like missing. Yeah,
1: for sure. And for anybody who doesn't know. Um, a nutritionist isn't a protected title. So anyone can call themselves a nutritionist. It doesn't matter if they've done a degree and a master's degree like you and I have a PhD, um, or if they've just done a weekend course, You know, they can call themselves a nutritionist and that is where the difficulty comes from. So if you're looking for a nutritionist, try and make sure that they have at least a BSc or an undergrad degree in nutrition. Um, a lot of the times, you know, if they're um, registered with the Association for Nutrition, so like myself, Um, then they will be trustworthy um, because that is basically a register that shows that you have the scientific underpinning um, and the experience um, that you practice nutrition science. Um, Other than that, there's another register called the Sport and Exercise Nutrition Register, which we'll probably join when we finish our Masters. Um, And that, you know, kind of proves that somebody has got the the scientific underpinning as well to help you. Um, A dietitian is a protected title, so... um, Dietitians um, have done a degree and people can't call themselves a dietitian unless they've done a degree in, in dietetics yeah. um, so they've got a protected titles so dietitians are pretty much always trustworthy because you can't call yourself a dietitian otherwise um, and dietitians can also work um, with clinical um, kind of diseases or clinical issues so they can work with people with eating disorders so actual clinical yeah. clinical diagnosed um, eating disorders and they can work with other things like diabetes and things like that whereas a nutritionist can't so that is an important um, thing to kind of uh, decipher between um, Or you know your GP if you're really having problems then go and see your GP and they can refer you um, on a dietitian so that is in the first instance um, I think as well as that I guess the first step is Trying to recognize, especially online, because you know we all spend a lot of time online on social media, is to try and unpick a lot of what people say. Um, you know, there's a lot of FITSPOs and you know, I always complain about that. Um, or you know, even personal trainers to an extent, I'm not saying all personal trainers do this, but a lot, you know, give out nutrition advice or talk about nutrition when they're not qualified, they don't have the scientific, you know, kind of underpinning. So, you know, it's really important to pick apart what you see online. Um, in terms of nutrition, in terms of body image. And I think, you know, body kind of positivity and self-love and stuff is is becoming, you know, more popular and is, again, becoming a bit of a trend. But try and pick apart the stuff that you see online. I think trying to work to, um, you know, try and feel your hunger and fullness cues. Because, like I said, a lot of people have lost those because they've got all these external cues, telling them what they should and shouldn't eat and how much, et cetera. So just trying to become more in tune with your body. And I know that's easier said than done. Um, And I think the other thing is just trying to have compassion for yourself. Removing the guilt from eating is the biggest thing that made a difference for me personally. And is the biggest thing that I see make a difference for a lot of people. So, you know, if you have certain foods, that you stray away from because you're afraid of eating them so that could be things usually it's things high in carbohydrate um or it's sugary things um or you know you're typically kind of less healthy things um you know writing out a list of those things and just trying one by one to eat them when you fancy them and not feel the guilt around it and that is not an overnight process it's not you're going to wake up one day eat all those things and be like i'm fine but it's something that you will continually need to work on and that's something that you know, I, I do and I've done with my clients and it's something that has made a massive difference for me. Um, and I think the thing is as well, when you're trying to work on your relationship with food, sometimes you need to. Well, most of the time you need to take a step back from whatever your goal is in terms of your nutrition or, you know, your body composition and really work on your relationship with food. And it might feel for a while that you're going backwards in terms of, you know, your kind of weight or whatever it is but actually taking the time to work on your relationship with food makes such a massive difference because it just gives you so much freedom. Like I said, to spend energy on things that are important. So, so I think, yeah, often you need to take a step back and just put your kind of goals to the side and focus on, you know, how you feel around food. And just, just to add as well, I think a lot of people think that intuitive eating, you know, as a whole is just kind of void of any nutrition people think oh intuitive eating like i couldn't eat intuitively because i would just eat cake all day and i am telling you now you won't (laughs) you might do at the start and that's what i mean by people feeling like they're going backwards but once you give yourself kind of food freedom and allow yourself to eat kind of the foods that you want you'll soon realize that eating cake all day isn't enjoyable and it doesn't make you feel good so you know kind of nutrition as a whole. I don't want to do that because it is, you know, nutrition. (laughs) But um I guess, you know, you put it on the wayside at first, but it is still a massive part of intuitive eating because it's teaching you to eat the foods that make you feel great and you know give you energy and help you perform well for the most part, but also including the foods that are maybe a little bit less healthy um, and not feeling guilt about it. um, And just being able to include those those things in your diet. And one thing as well is that i wish people would would realize is that no food is inherently good or bad and that is a massive thing for me that i you know i try and tell my clients is that you know i think we put foods into categories of good and bad right so you you know the good things are typically your more healthy things fruit veg all that kind of stuff and then your less healthy things might be pizza cake chocolate whatever it is But, you know, I always challenge people to say, well, what, you know, what's wrong with a pizza, for example, you know, it's got carbohydrate, if you've got meat on it, it's going to have some protein, it's going to have B12. Um, you know, if you've got veg on there, you're going to be getting your, you know, all those vitamins and minerals from veg, it's going to have cheese, which has got calcium, it's got a tomato base, which is another vegetable. Um, and apart from that, it tastes great, it makes you feel good, um, as long as you don't have guilt around it. So I think, that is another thing that I try and break down is when people have got this issue with a certain food, I'm like, yeah, but why? Yeah, <laughs> and right. the thing is, you know, as to add to that as well, you know, food doesn't necessarily need to have that much nutrition to make us feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, intuitive eating is, is a balance between helping people to kind of listen to their hunger and fullness cues and, and not kind of over emotionally eat and things like that, but also eat nutritious Foods and foods that they enjoy within that because there's no perfect diet and I think people get so carried away with that and Compare what they eat to people online and things like that when actually, you know, it's all about the context of your diet Like one kind of bad meal isn't going to mean that your diet is bad the same way that eating one salad Isn't going to make your diet perfect. So I think it's making people realize that and just have compassion for themselves
0: yeah i i think as well um just just briefly like the compassion is a great word because i think it's important as well that this is going to be a process it's not you're not just going to be like right now i'm intuitively eating there's being being compassionate about the process like some sometimes you are you're going to try and eat this piece of pizza and you are going to feel a bit bad and but that's okay as well you know it is a process it's not but we, but i'm sure you're the same as me i didn't just feel better i still don't feel 100% with eating all absolutely. the time you know it yeah. it doesn't just you don't just flick the switch and you're fine
1: absolutely it's an ongoing process and like you said even for me now like i still have days where i'm like i shouldn't really eat that because i haven't you know trained today and then i you know i have to kind of stop myself and be like Lou, don't be ridiculous like you can eat you know you're an adult you can do what you want <laughs> <laughs> so you can, yeah it is an ongoing process it's not overnight um and everybody's different like you know for people that have had issues for a long time it might take them a little bit longer to kind of rewire their brain i guess about about the way that they think about food and and the way that they eat so so yeah it's definitely not an overnight process
0: awesome thank you very much lou um can't just to finish can you please kind of let people know where they can get in touch with you online
1: yeah for sure so i'm sure you're going to tag me anyway but my instagram my twitter handles are at nutritious um and on my instagram and, and twitter page there's there's links to my website which is nutritious.com um, and you can send me an email as well at nutritious@outlook.com, at outlook.com um or you can just send me a message on social media
0: awesome thank you very much Lou. okay thank you bye everyone
1: bye